0: Hey, Velocity Church. Good morning. Great to be with you this morning. And I just want to encourage you. Hey, if you have any next steps that you know you're looking to take or you need some prayer or need something, need some help or anything like that, make sure you check out velocitychurch.info. We've got all those things there for you, especially if you're new and checking us out this morning. We'd love to say hey to you or help you along your faith journey as well. And so if you go to velocitychurch.info slash connect, we can connect with you there. Last week, we started a brand new sermon series called New Normal, and we're going through the New Testament letter of Colossians, and we're studying what it looks like to navigate the changes that change everything, and what it looks like to live life anchored in such a way that even as our faith might be shaken through the ups and downs of life or doubts about who we are or who, who we're supposed to be rise up, uh, that we can be anchored to the knowledge of who God has created us to be and how he's created life to be experienced by us. Last week we talked about the aspirational normal that Jesus enables us to pursue through the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. And this week we're going to be talking about the, how we get there as believers or even as seekers or even as wanderers about who Jesus is. This week uh, the text that is laying the foundation for us and what this looks like is Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. Since then you have been raised with Christ, I got to confess something is we're talking about new normals. Uh, I don't have any illusions about me being normal. In fact, I remember all the way back as a kid, normal wasn't really the thing I wanted to be. I wanted to be cool. And I wanted everyone to like me and the older I've gotten, I've kind of given up on the cool thing. Not that you could tell. Um, but you know, I don't know if you remember, like, all the drama of that as a kid, trying to fit in, trying to uh, be in whatever social group you wanted to fit into. I mean, we don't do that as adults anymore, right? I mean, none of us worry about that anymore. But as kids, um, you know, we even could tell the kids that didn't want to be normal still did whatever they could to fit in with their social group that looked like the not normal they wanted to be. The older I've gotten, I do think that I've gotten a much more healthy view of what a normal way of living looks like. And so I wanna give you a few examples that I know we can all agree to. Uh, the only normal way to drink coffee, for example, is black. It's not normal for steak to be prepared um, any more cooked than medium rare. Uh, normal stuffing is the stove box, uh, stovetop box kind. It's never been normal to call soda pop. I don't know where that came from. Uh, It's not normal to have birthday cake without ice cream, and it's you, crop's birthday cake, or nothing. And the only normal way to eat a hot dog is with mustard and onion. And and I know uh, the list could go on, and I could share all these things that we all agree with, because I know none of those are controversial in any way. But infinitely more important than those opinions we all agree with, maybe you've come across some things in your life that have created a new normal that you never anticipated developing, or one that maybe you wish wasn't the case. Uh, Maybe it's the thing that's kept you from feeling normal for quite a long time, and the idea of being a normal Christian seems foreign, or maybe, depending on your definition of that, maybe even seems undesirable uh, because you already have not had a normal life. Well, not only are you in good company here, um, following the life and teachings of Jesus addresses this. It doesn't just address this, it also reveals a truth that many of us suspected all along ain't none of us normal anyway. And here's the good news. The problem has already been identified, and that's sin, and the solution has already been given, and that's Jesus. Normal Christianity simply looks like Jesus. So the things that tug at us from our past or that become obstacles in our future are really just distractions from the present desire to make our normal look like his normal. In the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Colossians, he writes this, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that was been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. I can't think of a sharper contrast to make when it comes to life before and after Jesus. We were enemies of God with evil behavior before Christ. Uh, Now we're being presented as holy in God's sight after Christ. But where you draw your sense of normalcy from might dull the significance of this change in your mind. If you feel like you've lived your life in kind of like a generally good way, uh, you've been a decent person all your life, you might not see this as much of a major change. Or if you think you've made more than your fair share of bad life decisions or maybe been the victim of the poor life decisions of other people, you might not feel like this type of change is even possible for you. But we're all in the same boat pre-Jesus. And measuring our lives up against the lives of others and what has or hasn't happened to someone else versus what has or hasn't happened to us results uh, never results in a true sense of what our normal ought to be. Jesus is the model for what it means to be fully human. So when it comes to our personal growth and what it looks like to continue in our faith, established and firm, even through the changes that change everything, it will be to think, walk, and talk more like Jesus. Paul writes further down in Colossians chapter one, Jesus is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. And one of the biggest mistakes that we can make when it comes to our conception of normalcy when it comes to following Jesus is when we let our energies pull us in other directions. Paul is very intentional with how he approaches the Colossian Christians because he knows their background. He knows that they've come out of lives that have involved celebrating idols and little g gods alongside every area of life. There were gods for power, for war, for money, for sex, for harvest, for jobs, you name it. There was something to worship. And there was also the added pressure of being told that they now had to adopt the religious practices of their Jewish cousins of the faith that had converted to Christianity as well, regarding certain days as holy or living ascetic lives as holy. And so Paul is carving through the confusion and the being pulled in all directions and reminds them, hey, you've got a lot of people and a lot of things pulling you in a lot of directions right now. So stop, take a breath and fix your eyes and your hearts and minds on Jesus, and all of those other things will fall into their proper place. I have never in my entire life ever paid for cable or satellite TV. And I know that may not sound like it's normal, although I think it's becoming more and more in vogue for people to cut the cord. And so over the course of this, nearly 16 years of our marriage, Renee and I have always used bunny ears to get our TV. And where we live right now, it's a little bit different because we can't get one channel in clearly very often. It's NBC and every once in a while there's sporting events or things like the Olympics that are on there that we want to be able to get. And so I've been researching indoor in the attic or maybe outdoor antennas that we could post. that, that would give us a better reception for that because NBC is using a different wavelength and frequency and all that kind of stuff. And so every, everything that I read about antennas, everyone's very quick to point out that in order to get the best signal that you can, you have to figure out where the tower that the station is broadcasting from that you want to receive, and that you've got to put your antenna in the best position with as little obstacles as can possibly have, including interference from things like cell phone towers and that kind of thing, so that you can get a clear reception with your antenna pointed in the right direction. And the strength of interference in our walk with Jesus is in proportion to its ability to draw our focus away, just like it is when we try to set up an antenna to get a TV station. While we might not have physical gods that we celebrate in response to all the different areas of our life, or even have consciously separated others away from us based on mistaking matters of opinion for what it means to be normal as a Christian, we're still certainly tempted to do those very things with regularity. There's tons of interference. There are tons of other signals vying for our attention. And knowing this, Paul continues on in chapter 2 of Colossians and says this, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. In other words, Paul is saying there's not a Jesus and something else not Jesus and a normal life, or not Jesus so you can get to a normal life, but that living our lives rooted and built up in him is the normal life. Last week, I mentioned that normal Christian thinking looks like this. Hearts and minds set on what is eternally true versus what is only temporarily true. Well, normal personal growth looks like imitating Jesus, but Paul would say, and it's because he does in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And the new personal normal for followers of Jesus is described in Colossians 2 as being strengthened in the faith as we've been taught, and seeing that we overflow with thankfulness in how we go about our lives. And that thankfulness is born out of the movement from alienation from God to now being presented as holy before God if we continue in on our faith. Last week, I said that we were going to get real practical with today's message as we talk about what new personal growth looks like in the life of the Christian. And so I want to give you four ways, four things that we put into practice in our life that will help us to be imitators of Jesus. The first is this, reading the Bible. Uh, Reading the Bible is the number one predictor of spiritual maturity. And as you approach a passage of scripture, when you read and think and pray and live out the principles applicable to your life, you will grow. You'll be more prepared. You'll look at life with a renewed perspective and you will have more room for hope, peace and thankfulness in your heart. There's no shortcut for this. But the work that you put in today in prioritizing fixing your heart and mind on Jesus through scripture reading will draw your life closer to the life of Christ as you move forward in your life. And the second is prayer. Ongoing communication with God is as much about listening as it is speaking. And when we communicate with those we love, and particularly the one who we love the most, and the one who loves us most, we're drawn more closely in tune with God's heart and mind. Rather than seeking to bend God to our will, we are molded to seek God's will. The rough edges that have come about in our life are smoothed over and the worn down parts of us are built up in such a way that we see the world through God's lens. The third is gathering together religiously with fellow believers. And and yes, I, I use that term on purpose. As followers of Jesus, the ones with whom we ought to be able to feel the most sense of normalcy is going to be fellow followers of Jesus. It's simply not possible to grow and draw near to Jesus without community, imperfect as it may be, because it involves us. Now, this is where we are encouraged and challenged through being guided by the Holy Spirit as we live out our faith fully within the assembling to be together of the body of Christ. And the fourth is serving others. And whether it's loving our neighbors or even our enemies, when we put into practice the way in which Jesus viewed others, whether it's the washing the feet of his disciples or going out of the way to heal the member of a family of an occupying enemy, uh, when we serve, we're going out of our way to make Jesus our way. And when we make these things normal in the course of our everyday lives, we become more and more who God created us to be from the beginning, despite what threatens to throw us off course. One more passage from Colossians chapter 2. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And so as Paul summarizes this part of his letter and emphasizes the beginning of the Christian life and the response that we have when we believe in Jesus is who he is to the world, Um, This is a reminder of the new life into which we've been called and the new personal growth that's possible with our minds and our hearts set on Jesus. Early on in the life of the church, Clement of Alexandria, who's an early church follower, writes that as new Christians were baptized, they actually didn't wear their old clothes after that. They put on brand new clothes to represent the brand new normal, the new life that they were called to in Christ, and that was symbolized through that action. And you might be wearing the same pajama pants today as you were wearing last Sunday. But the new life that we share in Christ can be growing daily as we're reminded of Jesus' work on the cross and how it frees us from the need to be normal by any other standards than God's. Right now, we're going to move into a new normal that we share every week in here as a church and we're going to celebrate communion together. And so as you take that little piece of bread or cracker and drink that little bit of juice or that wine, I want to encourage you to be reminded of the significance of this reminder that who you were before Jesus has no bearing on who God is growing you to be because of Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to stop, to take a breath, and to fix our eyes on Jesus and what you accomplished through him on the cross. And we ask that as we're guided by your Holy Spirit, as we seek to uh, imitate Christ with our lives, that you give us the peace and the strength and the hope and the thankfulness that we need each and every day. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.